Welcome to the Unicorn Mindset, where we explore the reasons you are choosing not to be the badass unicorn you are. Whether you're seeking to find inspiration as a leader or just want to show up as your authentic self, stick around. It's time to show the world your horn. I'm your host, Nicole Malcolm, and I'm an entrepreneur and leader, but most importantly, a recently proclaimed unicorn. Happy Monday, unicorns. Today, I wanted to come on and talk to you guys about doing the hard right thing. Um, And what I mean by that is really not taking the easy out. And when you get that gut feeling that it doesn't feel right, speaking up. Okay. So the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because us as leaders, we have a duty to create an environment that sets clear expectations but also an environment that shows we can learn and we can grow, but there are are consequences to not taking initiative and not doing the right things, okay? So we've all had those those peers, right? And I'm gonna speak to you guys from peer to peer first so that way you can understand where I'm coming from, where my heart is on this. Because it's it's one of those things that can burn you out pretty quickly, Um you know, if you, you have that peer that's always taking the shortcut or always taking the easy road or, you know, straight up half-assing their work um, or ignoring certain tasks that are out there, it makes you work twice as hard. But here's the thing. Um, the challenge is when to stay in your lane and when to speak up. And that's that's one of the biggest challenges I see for not only my employees, but even for myself sometimes, because you guys, we got to pick our battles first and foremost, but we also have to weigh the consequences. And that's why doing the hard right thing is, is a challenge. It's, it's not doing the easy right thing, right? It's doing the hard right thing. Um, and sometimes that's speaking up against someone that maybe you're friends with at work. It's about speaking up against something that's just not right and being able to vocalize that. It's not about kicking and screaming and thumping your feet and throwing a tantrum because things aren't going your way. That's not what I'm talking about. That stuff has no place in the work for, workplace at all, if you ask me, uh, because we're adults, okay? We have, we're adult, I don't know. I've seen a grown ass adults throw straight up tantrums, you guys. It's not attractive. It doesn't help you pursue your career. It doesn't help you advance. It doesn't help you grow. So if you're that person, I suggest that you have that tantrum in your head to get it out and then think about how you can come to your leader or your peer or your spouse or whoever with the mindset of solution because coming to them like that and when you're in your feels and you're just not in a good place is not going to serve anyone and it's going to create the opposite of what you want to do. So just my little moment (laughs) there about tantrums as adults. Um, At the end of the day, you know, we've had that peer where like we know that they're not doing something that they should be doing. Right. And that that is their job. And what I want you guys to to kind of think about is from a peer to peer standpoint, you have to think about what does this impact first? Right. So if you have someone that's not pulling their weight, that's going to impact the morale of the team. That's going to impact your customers. That's going to impact your other departments that are impacted by the work that needs to be done. Because let's be honest, your work doesn't just impact you. That's not how it works, Um, especially not in corporate um, America, right? We all kind of intertwine and we all support each other. 
So that's the one thing I really need you guys as peers to think of. You know, if you have someone that is not pulling their own weight, you should feel comfortable coming to your leader and discussing that openly and honestly without judgment, right? Because there's a few things that could be happening. It could be that maybe that peer um, doesn't understand what their job is going to be and or it should be or how to complete the task or who to ask, right? Maybe they're kind of stuck. And instead of judging them, because we've all been there where we need to learn something, maybe we could ask for help, right? And see if they need anything to find out. It could be that they're disengaged because of something that actually happened, right? So they've stopped kind of doing their work because there's there's a situation that happened that made them question why they're at that company, why they should be loyal when something went badly to kind of make them feel wronged, right? And that's something that should be addressed as well. It could also be that that individual has just decided um, that this this isn't their place and they're done and they're trying to get fired. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's facts and that's true in our world. But I can tell you that probably 90% of the time it's the first two. Probably more than 90%. That's a random, <laughs> random guess, you guys. But it's rare. It doesn't happen that often where someone is blatantly trying to get fired. You hear the stories and especially if you're a leader, you've heard the story of someone that has just done everything they possibly can do to try to get fired. But let's be honest, most of the time that's not it. There's usually something they need to learn to be better at it or something happened that made them disengage and stop caring. Both of those things can be addressed and they absolutely should be addressed by your leader, okay? If you want to offer up help, by all means, there's nothing stopping you from asking your peer, hey, Bob, I noticed that XYZ didn't get completed. Can I help you with something? Or is there anything I can do to help so we can still meet this deadline? Right? There's no reason why we can't do that. You guys, let's be adults about this. Let's not be petty. Let's not talk trash about each other behind our backs. If any of you guys are listening that are on my team, you know that for me, drama has no workplace. Like, no workplace. It has no place in our workplace. So yeah, it has no workplace. It's just out there in the world floating around. The reason that it has no place in my team is because I do expect my team to hold themselves to high standards and to work together. That doesn't mean that we pit each other against each other. That doesn't mean that we automatically assume the worst. That means that we get curious and we ask the question and we help each other. And that is across the board. That's the expectation. If it's ever not that, then I have to do the hard right thing and I have to have those conversations and understand where it's coming from because you can't just say, nope, nope, we're not acting like that. You have to take a second to really get underneath these things. And that's hard because you're going to learn stuff about your employees that maybe you didn't want to know. Yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to learn stuff about yourself and how your behavior has made them feel. And that's hard, it's hard to hear, but it's absolutely necessary to maintain a positive morale going forward and trust, okay? So if you're a peer, seeing someone struggling or seeing something not get done, my challenge to you today is to not think, oh, they're just choosing to not do their job. (laughs) That was my best sassy voice, you guys, I'm not good at that. But instead, to ask if they need help. Okay, you never know what is going on in someone's life. There could be something personal going on, right? 
that is causing them to be distracted at work. That's causing them to really lose focus. And that's okay. That it makes you a human, you guys. But to immediately jump to this person sucks at their job or they're not pulling their own weight or they're garbage bag human, that's just messed up. And it's wrong to do that. We need to learn or relearn as a society to give each other grace. Now, I'm not saying give everyone a free pass. You know, I'm not a person (laughs) that believes in that. But I'm saying give them grace. Give them an opportunity to explain what's going on. Give them the space that they can be heard. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that as a peer, it is your job to report it to your leader and say, hey, I noticed this about Bob. Do you mind checking in on Bob? Not, Bob's not doing his job, okay? Like, that. that is not what I'm talking about. Again, my sassy voice, not good. But I'm just telling you guys, from a person that's in a leadership role to someone that also worked on a peer team that had a lot of drama in it, it does not do anyone good to perpetuate that. All it does is make you hate your workforce, hate the people you work with, hate the company you work for, even though it has nothing to do with that and all about how we're choosing to handle the situations, Okay. So that's my piece if it's your peer, okay? If it's your, like, if you're recognizing it as, like, this is my subordinate, which, gosh, you guys, I really just don't like that word. But, you know, this is my employee, and I'm noticing that they're not stepping up to the plate or they're falling behind on their work. It is absolutely your job to ask that question. Are they okay? Do they need help? If you just assume that they can't handle their workload and you start taking stuff off of their plate, (laughs) you are literally going to degrade their trust in you. You're going to make them feel like they're inadequate. You are going to do the exact opposite that you should be doing as a leader, which is empowering them, coaching them, teaching them, leading them to be their best self. Now, if you talk to them and they're like, you know what, I just can't seem to find time to get to this thing. And you've worked through their workload management plan and it's just not possible for them without shuffling something else off of their plate, then do that. But it should be a conversation. You shouldn't blatantly take people off of stuff just because they're not meeting an expectation, especially if you haven't had the conversation. Okay, you've got to have their back. And setting clear expectations absolutely sets their back. Sets their back. (laughs) Sets them up for success and for you to have their back because there's nothing that's preventing you from having that conversation if they know what's expected of them, which you guys is a core need of every employee. We can't come to work not knowing what to do. We're there to earn a paycheck, but we got to have a job. We got to have a task. We got to know exactly what's expected of us to be successful. We're humans. That's what guides us is this need to be successful and feel like we're contributing. Okay. If you do address things that are hard and sometimes they're very difficult to have certain conversations because we're, people are messy. We've talked about that, right? Humans are very, very, very messy. So if you have to have a difficult conversation, I mean, I'm talking anything from, you know, dress code, which is awkward for everyone, or, you know, hey, you're not turning in your work on time, right? If you let those things slide, no matter how small and inconsequential they feel to you, if you let them slide, you're setting the expectation that it's okay, 
It's okay to not get your work done on time. It's okay to not follow the dress code. It's okay to not show up on time. By not addressing those things early, you're setting yourself up for a much more difficult conversation when everything comes to a head. So I'm very much so a proactive leader. I believe in having these conversations the first time they happen, no matter how small they are, because I've also done the legwork of building a really strong relationship with my people. What that means is I've established that I'm a human. I've owned mistakes that I've made. I've set clear expectations on what it takes to be successful in their role. And I've also told them that I have their back in getting them there. Okay, if you're not setting that baseline understanding, letting them know who you are, right? Like what makes you tick? Who are you as a leader? How do I need to show up authentically to be myself, but also to be your subordinate, right? Be your employee. What do you expect of me? Who are you as a person? Can I trust you? You have to be able to answer those questions early in their career with you, in their experience with you, because otherwise you're never going to come across as genuine in your coachings and in your conversations. I can tell you that a lot of my associates come in and they, you know, and I'm sure you guys will hear it in a previous episode or one of my TikToks where I just talk about how like bad bosses make it hard for leaders like us leaders that care and show up genuinely for their people every single day. The bosses that sit in the corner and ignore their people or just yell at them or only talk to them when it's bad news or whatever it might be, that creates this like fear all the time. So I can tell when an associate of mine has had that experience because I'll we'll schedule a meeting with them and I'll call it just like one-on-one with Nicole or one-on-one with their name or whatever it might be. And they immediately jump to fear. They're in trouble. They're worried. All of those things. Guys, stop it. We need to start having more proactive conversations and doing the hard things. Because if you do the hard things up front and you do the hard right things when it matters, everything else is easy. People will come to work. They'll come to work happy. They'll be engaged at work. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine actually being excited to go to work? Yeah, it's possible. I'm excited to go to work 98% of the time. The other 2%, I'm probably sick and not wanting to move. Okay. But let's be honest. I'm that person because I know what's expected of me at work. I know what I expect of my people. I know I've created the right relationships with them, that if I do have to have a difficult conversation, they know that it's coming from a place of genuinely caring about their success and their career. I'm not being nitpicky. I'm not being ridiculous. I'm not being that boss that wants to micromanage. I'm the boss that genuinely cares about moving them forward in their growth, in their development, in their aptitude, in their job, making them feel like this is a career for me in the long term. And honestly, guys, this should be something that is always our goal as a leader. But we also cannot let the small conversations slide. You have to do the hard right thing. Now, I'm telling you, because if you do let it slide, those peers that see that that is happening, where they're not doing their work and they've mentioned it and nothing changes, guess what you just ruined? The morale of the team, for one, your credibility and trust as a leader, 
And now those individuals are absolutely going to start drama in your world. And you don't have time for that. No one has time for the negative. What we have time for are the tough conversations that need to be had from a safe, respectful place that move us forward in our career. And you have to look at it that way. It's easy for us to all get in the trap of, oh, I have to talk to Bob again about his workload, right? Okay. Oh my gosh, I have to have the same conversation 400 times. Okay, but are you having it? Like, are you genuinely having the conversation and holding them accountable? Okay, are you holding them accountable? You have to be able to ask the question, what made you not reach out for help? What made you make that decision? Okay, you have to ask and then shut up. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna be honest, be quiet. Let the silence carry the weight. Make it awkward because you're not there to talk at them either. You're there to listen as the leader. You're really trying to understand what is the situation so you can make the right decision. Whether that's helping them move forward, right? Whether that's ending up having to put them on progressive action or disciplinary action, whatever you all call it in your world, or having to let them go. None of those decisions should come without a conversation and without being able to have that tough, hard, right thing conversation. We absolutely cannot let the little things slide. They build up, they bubble, they blow up in our face. Leaders and peers, they certainly do. But it's up to us to ultimately create a balance in a safe place, right? A balance of fun, engagement, growing, just being excited to feel like we're really contributing to something bigger than us, to someone holding us accountable to that as well. Because there are days where we don't want to be accountable to that, where we don't feel like ourselves, where we don't feel like we can, we can go the extra mile. But if we don't speak up, we're failing ourselves too. So I kind of got a little soapboxy with this one, but I wanted to share because I'm seeing it more and more where we're being complacent as leaders. Um, If you are a leader, you signed up for something bigger than you. Yeah. Being a leader isn't about you. If you think it is, you're in the wrong job. Okay. Being a leader is 100% about the people you lead. Everything in our world comes back to people. And if you start stuff, Stop and think about all the people and all the touches that you have throughout the day as a leader. If you choose to not show up as your authentic, genuine self to help them, to add value to those conversations, to add a new new thought process or innovation or contribute positively to what you're doing every day, and none of that matters to you and you're just there collecting a paycheck as a leader, can we please not? Because you're wasting everyone's time and you're making it a lot harder for everyone else to lead. That wants to genuinely care. That wants to show up for their people. So I challenge you all to dig deep and remember back. If you are a leader right now and you're feeling stuck and you feel like you're not gaining any traction, you feel like your people are no longer respecting you. 
I need you to do this exercise for me because it really helps me when I'm having rough days like today. Had a rough day today, you guys. It was rough. My challenge to you is to sit down, think back to when you first applied for a leadership position or where you were first asked to be in leadership. What excited you? What was it? Was it the paycheck? Hmm? Was it just the bump in pay? Because if that's what you wrote down, then I'm going to challenge you with this. Why did you choose leadership for the bump in pay and not something else? You can get a paycheck anywhere, but you chose leading. So I want you to think a little bit harder because that's your complacent brain responding. Not the one that knows that you make conscious decisions every single day for something more than money. There are a thousand and one ways to make money in the world. Some of them are super sketch. Some of them are super legit. And most of them are not leadership. Something made you choose this. Something made you choose the position you're in, no matter what it is. When you're having a really, really hard day, think about what made you choose this. Whatever that is, Allow it to reignite the fire in you to be a servant leader, to care about your people, to do the hard right thing. (laughs) This episode's a little soapboxy for me because it is a big pet peeve of mine. If you're going to come with a problem, come with a solution. Don't allow things to slide as a leader because you don't want to have the conversation. If you don't have the skill to have the conversation, you guys, that can be built. I wasn't always good at these conversations. I truly was not. But you can bet that I will absolutely role play a conversation with any one of my peers, my boss, whoever, so I can feel good about it going into that conversation because the weight and the gratitude as well as the reward for doing the hard right thing far outweighs your 10 minutes of complacency because you're tired, because you're exhausted, because you don't think anything will come of it. Because what will come of it is the exact opposite of what you want to have happen. What will come of it is it will get exponentially worse. My challenge to you all is to do the hard right thing. It might be embarrassing. It might be messy. It might be awkward. But if it's the right thing to do, It will reap you the most rewards. If you are joining this journey with me to empower yourself and others, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a rating with a review. Until next time, unicorns, I'm your host, Nicole Malcolm, and I hope you decide today to be unapologetically you.